Um, but first of all, I just wanted to introduce to you, our first speaker is going to be Mr. Gene Hancock. He and his life, wife, Liz, uh, are here today. And uh, you can come on up, Gene. He and his wife, Liz, are here today. Uh, they mission in Belize. Do we have any Belize missionary trip members here today? Okay, we don't have any of them here. But... No, we, we had some awesome Belize, and then in a little while we'll get to hear from all the green-shirted folks when they holler at us, too. So, Gene, thank you. Bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Brother Keith. Good morning, everyone. As we begin, this is, I just want to say this is the day the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. Can you say amen? Thank you, Pastor Farrell. This man will make a happy day in any person's sad life. He taught me how to ride in the back of a van on boards and cement and blocks. Can you give him a hand? <laughs> and one of his number one mentors, seated right over here also, if he would please stand. I won't say his name, just saying a purple shirt right over here. <laughs> Brother Jerry Allen. We want to thank the bridge for your beautiful giving, your prayers, and all that has transpired. If I get a little emotional in these few minutes, please forgive me, okay? The reason being, we're seeing work going on right now that only God could see happen. How many has ever heard the saying, it's a God thing? This is a God thing, amen? But the Lord started the work with Liz and I. Honey, if you could please stand right over here. She is. We've just come back from the nation of Belize to be here with you guys. And uh, she's been my partner for 49 years. And she told me if I'm as good, amen. She told me if I'm as good for the next 49, she's going to keep me, amen. <laughs> but uh, she has been with me in missions and, I, and if I must tell you a little funny to start with, how many know, uh, in fact, some of you men that may want to go on a missions trip, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Tell your wife you're going to take them on a honeymoon to the most fantastic place in the world, exotic islands, beautiful scenery, and all of that, and just tell them that. And then when you get them there, they see the truth. <laughs> but how many know the truth will set you free? Never flown, never been out of the United States until she went with me to the nation of Belize. It's a small nation, but there is a large population of unreached peoples in that country. I want to thank also Sister Carol, Brother David, for their work and what they're doing in the nation of Belize as well. Our God is an awesome God, amen. The work started with us in the IPHC in 2003. There was no work in Belize. We had a few buildings. One was a pigeon roost. Another was a pig pen. And another one was a broke down pastor and about 20 members. But today, in that little nation, God has gloriously blessed. We celebrate today with... 28 churches, and to God be the glory. In the month of November, 
no later than December, so it's still working on dates, we will add another 12 churches. To God be the glory. Because of the work and the sharing of the vision that the nation of Belize will celebrate, there is a work taking place. It has begun amongst two men, and I would ask that you would pray for them and their families. One is named Brother Luis. I won't mention his last name, but he's a Mayan Indian. The other one name is Isidro Pop. He is our indigenous director for the nation of Belize. In that nation, the Maya are the indigenous peoples. The Kechi people work with them. In that nation, we also have the Garifuna peoples, which were from the islands. They were the slaves that was brought in and are in, in Belize now as part of that nation. We have the Creole people. We also have... Uh, a large population of uh, Chinese. We have a large population of uh, Hindu and uh, Filipino peoples as well. So we have a mixture of peoples in that nation. But the Lord has blessed, and through the work with the bridge and joining with us, has anyone heard of a village called Halakte? I need to talk over here on this side. (laughs) Uh, Halakte is the furthest village south in the country of Belize that you can go. Uh, the name of the road that you travel on, Brother Farrell, in case you didn't know, is called the Dump Road. And, it, and, the, <laughs> and the Dump Road has been for the, uh, for the last three weeks underwater. You cannot go back. Uh, you have to go around through the mountains another way. Because we're in the tropics, what can I say? But the Lord has done a work there. He has joined the bridge and Halakte together. And out of that, and with the two men that we have named, God has gloriously put together. How many know that the Holy Spirit can lead God and direct if we will let him? Today, those two men are traveling with their wives into the nation of Guatemala in the south. Pastor Farrell, I just met at at our world conference with our world missions leadership. And out of that meeting with world missions leadership, we came together with a common consensus that the world needs to be reached for the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that there is somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.5 to 1.6 million people that are unreached in that particular area of the world. But God has given us an insight. And today, thanks to the work of those two men, the Lord has given us four churches as we speak today. Hallelujah. Four churches that will spearhead further into the south, the west, and the north of Guatemala. We have the blessings and the sanction from the World Missions Department. Working in conjunction with our leadership in Guatemala. And I want to tell you funny because these men can tell you that in Belize you never know what language you're going to be speaking in the next five minutes. It changes drastically and in a hurry. Our 
leadership in Guatemala was traveling over, and Miss Amber may even know uh, Brother Avila and them over the, in, in there, amen. And uh, we, uh, they was traveling and wanted to uh, do some work with a team from the U.S. and they wanted to reach the, uh, and wanted to speak in a place where they thought they had a church. But when they arrived and uh, Sister Avila started talking to the people, the people just looked at her like she was, you know, from some other planet. And she's thinking, well, where am I, you know, what's going on here? And I'm sure that some of us may have been in places at times that people looked at us like that, amen? Well, she's, <laughs> she's sitting there and she says, now, what am I going to do? She found a police officer and when she said, these people will not talk to me. We cannot find the church. And the police officer started laughing at her and she says, but I speak the language. And he started laughing harder. And she, and she says, well, why are you laughing at me? This is not funny. I need to find the church. And he says, ma'am, you don't understand? She said, no. She said, these are catchy people. They don't, speak, they don't speak Spanish in this part of the world. She says, what? So she finally found someone that did speak her language so they could communicate and everything was okay from that point on. But how many of us know that sometimes you can be in the most familiar places and still feel out of place? Welcome to our world, amen. No, I'm just kidding. But God, in his infinite wisdom and what he has given to the nation of Belize and to the International Pentecostal Holiness Church and to the bridge, the opportunity to reach unreached people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And to God be the glory. How did all of this begin? It began when a little boy, six years old, in his first grade class, a teacher, having just been on an archaeological dig, had the little trinkets to pass along and to show. And she passed them out that day and for kids to look at and to share and began to tell about a strange people and began to tell about these exotic peoples in this faraway land. And it began to put something into that little boy's heart, which is me, for a strange exotic people that he had never heard about in a strange land. But when the opportunity availed itself for me to go in 1982, the first people I met, and Pastor Farrell can shout over this one big time. Brother Farrell, I rode in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> for eight and a half hours. We have something in common, amen. But God is good, and from there until today, the Lord has blessed, and we see where we are in missions. To God be the glory. Can you say amen? You never know if you're a teacher who you may be touching when you share something good with that child. Teachers, you're to be commended. Sunday school and all. But I say this to you today, to God be the glory. <laughs> Pastor Combs. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's give it up one more time for Gene. I, 
got chastised because I wasn't holding the microphone up a while ago. So when I'm in the shower, I don't use a microphone. So I'm trying to get used to this thing. Um, very seldom does anybody tell me I need to speak louder. We're very fortunate to have, uh, has anybody heard of Lynch, Kentucky in here? Okay, so we're, we're hearing from our uh, Kentucky mission team. Uh, that has been very popular going on here. Thank you guys. Uh, you're missionaries as well because uh, you guys do a ton of work as well as the Belize team. So thank you very much for all you do. But this time I'm going to introduce Mr. Lonnie Riley. He is from uh, Lynch, Kentucky and the Marizzo Center Ministries. Lonnie. How y'all doing? Good. I'm glad to see you this morning. I'm <clears throat> glad to be here. Of course, uh, my grandkids tell me, Dad, now that you're old, you better be glad to be anywhere. So I am glad <laughs> to be here and share a few thoughts with you today. Uh, hear these guys from Belize and from, is it India somewhere? Africa, India, and Lynch, Kentucky. <laughs> I feel like the old Volkswagen entered in the Charlotte 500. I don't stand too much chance to win, but I travel in good company. That's kind of the way I feel. Well, I'm going to share with you a few stories, if I may, today. We serve in Lynch, Kentucky. Uh, my wife and I direct the Marizzo Center Ministries. The Lord has brought into being some 22 ministries throughout our region. And I've got to, I've got to kind of share with you a little bit about where we are. We're in central Appalachia. The Appalachian Mountains covers 10 states, a lot of poverty, Coal mining is big, and you know in recent days what coal mining has done. We have uh, had 100,000 people affected negatively in recent months because of the layoffs and coal decline. But where there's Jesus, there's hope. And somebody's got to believe that Jesus is bigger than the system, right? Uh, the Appalachian Mountains boast of 11 million people. Nine million of those people are unchurched. It's like an unreached people group right in the heart of America. And God has placed my wife in there, my wife and I in central Appalachia, which is right where we serve. And uh, the Lord called us there in 1999. Uh, I was pastoring a large church in Mississippi. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Lynch, Kentucky. At that time, the unemployment rate was 53%. Now it's reduced some. It's around 25, 28. And uh, so the Lord told me four things. Number one, he said, you won't have a big fancy home when you get to Lynch. There are no fancy homes in Lynch, right? But God's given us a nice home. He said, you won't have big fancy automobiles, but God's given us some nice automobiles. He said, you won't have a big six-digit income salary with all the perks. In fact, you won't have any salary at all. But the final thing the Lord said to me was this, but I want you to know that you'll have me. And I had to say to the Lord, Lord, you're, you're really all I need. Is he really all you need? Or is he just part of what you need? No, Jesus Christ is all you need. He didn't say, I, I'll give you life. He said, I am your life. He will become your life. And so God began to do things in small ways so he could launch us into bigger things. You see, God always does it that way. He's not going to give you the big if you're not faithful in the little. Right? Now, I want to challenge you and share with you where we are at the same time, if I may do that. Uh, 1999, the winter was cold. 
The wind chill was below zero. In recent times, we've had mild winters, but that winter was particularly cold. And uh, I go out the back door of my little four-room house, and there on the back steps sat two boxes. I picked up the boxes, took them in the house, yelled at my wife. I said, honey, come down here and look at this. She said, what is it? I said, I don't know, but just in case it's a bomb, I want you down here with me. I'm not going by myself. So we looked in these two boxes, and there were two 15-pound boxes of cookie dough. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, Now, I don't know if you know this or not, men, but you can't refreeze some cookie dough. It ruins if you do. So what are the chances now? The windshield below zero, somebody, I don't know to this day who sat it there except say God did. Um, What are the chances below zero, two boxes on my back doorstep, uh, and both of them thawed out? So I looked at my wife. I said, honey, what are we going to do with 30 pounds of cookie dough. She said, we're going to bake cookies. (laughs) So we did. We baked cookies for days. It was December, remember? We put them on paper plates, wrapped them up in aluminum foil, and put a bow on top. And we walked up and down every street in Lynch, and we knocked on the door, and here's what we said. We just wanted you to know, 53% unemployment. We just wanted you to know the Lord hasn't forgotten you this Christmas. We don't know if you're going to get anything else for Christmas or not, but the Lord wants us to come by and tell you that He still loved you. And if you don't get anything else, He wants you to have these Christmas cookies. And we gave away every single one of those cookies. I said that to say this. Everything you have, sir, everything you have, ma'am, it's just cookie dough. Oh, now, it may take on different forms. It might look like a new car, a four-wheeler, RV, horse, farm. Uh, it could look like a million things. But it's all cookie dough, isn't it? And God gives it to all of us so that we can figure out what we're going to do with it. You see, he already knows, but we don't. But the moment he gives it to you, you decide, I'm going to use this for me or I'm going to use this for God. Now, watch close. And when you decide you're going to use it for you, you just cut off your supply of more cookie dough. Oh, you might get more stuff, but now you're going to spend the rest of your life paying for what God wanted to give you all along. So we just decided everything we had belongs to God. And whatever he wants to give to us, it isn't ours. It's his, and we'll use it for his glory. And God began to do some amazing things. I love horses. Uh, Always have. I grew up on a farm in Kentucky. I'm I'm a mountain boy, by the way. And I grew up on the south side of a northbound mule, uh, plowing in the field. That's how I grew up. And so I love horses. And when I was in Mississippi, I had the good privilege of buying my first horse. Brought it back to Lynch, Kentucky. I was riding my horse up and down beside the road. And you got to understand, God directs the steps of a righteous man. You know that? God directs your step. So be careful what you say when you leave here and who you meet because that may be the person God wants you to encounter if he's leading your steps. And so I'm riding down, exercising my horse up and down beside the road. Didn't think that too much about that until... Cars started pulling off beside the road. Kids would get out. I love the kids here. Kids would get out and sit on the hood of their car and watch me exercise my horse. I didn't think too much about it until one day I looked up. There were 12 automobiles, and I counted them, 30 kids sitting on the hood of these cars. And the Lord spoke to me that day and said, why don't you go up and ask them if they want to ride this horse? 
I thought, man, what a novel idea. I mean, you know, it takes the Lord to get a while to get through to me. And so I'd go riding up and say, Mom, do you mind, you mind uh, Dad, do you mind if they ride this horse? And they said, oh, it'd be great. So I started riding people around on horses, and they were giving their heart to Jesus. Amazing. And I thought, boy, this will make a great ministry, but I don't know how to do this, Lord. If you want this, you just let me know what to do next. You see, God always knows what to do next. We don't, but He does. And so we need to follow Him. And so now they started giving me horses. People started giving me horses. Now I was up to four horses. I was riding a whole bunch of kids. They was giving their heart to Christ. And, man, it was amazing. And this fellow came by one day and said, well, you need some land to put these horses on. I said, well, I'm pretty content right here. You see, I'm content with what God gives me. I don't look for more because to whom much is given, much will be required. So you're going to have a greater requirement when God gives you more stuff. And uh, he said, well, okay. So he comes back in a couple of weeks and said, Lonnie, I bought you a 20-acre farm today. I said, say what? He said, I bought you a 20-acre farm. Now, I live in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Lynch is 200 yards wide and two miles long. Everything else is just mountains everywhere. I thought this guy bought me 20 acres of land right up on the side of this hill. And my horse is going to look funny with two short legs, two long legs trying to get around that hill. But when I went and looked at it, it was nearly as flat as this sanctuary floor. Now God has given us 23 horses, and God has extended that, and we now have 60 acres of land. We've started a youth camp there, and this summer, already this year, we've had over 1,000 kids come through that program, and 200 of those have given their heart to Jesus. I think God deserves a big hand. But now here's the key. There won't be a handful of those 200 kids will ever know about Lonnie Riley riding his horse up and down beside the road and sharing Jesus with kids. But every single one of them will know Jesus. Do you understand? It's not about you and me. It's about the king and his kingdom, isn't it? And so we just let God be God. Um, I'm going to tell you one more thing. And that not, You'll go out and look at the board, and you can see the ministries that we have there and visit that. Uh, Bobby and Kelly Carter have been one of our avid supporters for years, and uh, they've been a blessing to us. Just two weeks ago, uh, there was an elementary school called me up and um, said, we have kids here, 344 kids. They cry when they go home on Friday because there's no food. If they come to school and have accidents in their clothes, there's no clothes. If they come to school, there's no shoes. And I said, surely God loves children. Let the little children come unto me and do not forbid them. For if such is the kingdom of heaven. And I said, if God will help us, we will help you. Met with a principal. He wept and said he cried over those kids and said, I asked God in my office to send us some help, and here you are. In one week, God has already committed to that ministry $24,000, and we haven't asked anybody for a single penny. I think to God be the glory, great things He has done. And we are invited into that school to share with them not only food and clothes and school supplies, but to share Jesus Man, it's incredible.
Thank you for your participation in our ministry and in the kingdom of God worldwide. God bless you as you use your cookie dough for His glory. Amen. One more time, let's thank Lonnie for sharing with us. You know, each one of us may not have been called to go to Belize, even to Lynch, Kentucky, but we're called to support these missionaries and what they're doing. And I would just ask each one of you, you know, as, as Pastor Farrell has been talking, uh, the actor wage over the past few weeks, look, you know, dig deep in your heart. Uh, what can you do? Offer up a special prayer uh, for each one of these missionaries that we're talking about. Uh, a s selfish plug very quickly. Um, Kentucky and Belize mission teams, we're doing a golf tournament. We would love to have your help and your support, October 25th. You've seen that in the announcements. Uh, come by the booth over there, talk with us about that. If you don't play golf, there's other ways you can help us support it. So uh, please come by and talk with us about that. Is everybody comfortable in here this morning? Okay. We're fortunate and blessed that we can be comfortable. And I, I listen to these folks talk about where they are, what they're dealing with, it, and it, you know, it tears at your heart. Uh, we can be a part of that. Um, Pastor Farrell and I had a chance to meet with, uh, with our next speaker um, a couple of months ago, and uh, some of the things that he was able to share with us, the places he's been, things he's seen, um, God has put this man in very special places uh, for a very special reason. We have with us today Mr. Uh, Mr. Jeff and uh, Will Hoyt and his wife Verna. They're from the Indochina region. And I'll let him explain more to you about what the Indochina region is. But Jeff, if you would come up and share with us. Him and uh, he and Verna have been in the mission field for over 20 years now. Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Timer here. I have a bad habit of going over, so I need that. They're going to show me here, but I got it right here as well. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. You're a fine-looking bunch. You know that? Hallelujah. God is good. Let me get my stuff down here. We're going to have a little bit of fun today, okay? Is that okay? You know, God likes, God has a sense of humor. You know how I know? He sent a six-foot-six Kentucky boy to China. Vern and I have been missionaries for 23 years. Eight years, eight and a half of those years were in China before they gave us the left and the right foot of fellowship, and we had to leave that country. The Lord opened the door for us to go to Thailand, and we've been in Thailand ever since then. Verna, would you stand? Let everybody see you there. This is my wonderful wife of 32 years. Okay, let's jump into this quickly. We've got quite a bit to cover in just a few minutes. One of our challenge we have as missionaries is we have to relate experiences. Amen? Gene, Lana, you did a wonderful job. Missions, missionaries have missionary hearts. I'm ready to go to Belize. I'm ready to go to eastern Kentucky. And I'm from Kentucky. And I love what they said because they were sharing the heart of God. And now I want to share some experiences with you. But how can you do that? Because sights and sounds, tastes and touch. But i got a few things I want to share. But... As we share our experiences, we have to be careful. I could tell you about eating dog. Yeah, well, I'll tell you about that later. I could tell you about a man holding a meat cleaver to our 12-year-old daughter's throat and how the Lord delivered us. 
I could tell you about using oxygen masks high over the Himalayan mountains in China when that puppy lost cabin pressure. But if I tell you a lot of that stuff, what happens is I begin to put myself here and kind of diminish who you are. And that's not good for any of us. So what I want to talk about is I want to talk about Asia. Indochina. Many people confuse what that is. Oftentimes, pastors introduce me as a missionary from Indonesia. I used to correct them, pastor. Now I just go up there sheepishly and say, amen. <laughs> Indochina is a region that stretches from Burma to Vietnam and includes China. In our region, it includes seven countries. I'll talk a little bit more at the very end about those countries. But let's move forward now, and let's look at our, a few slides I have here for you. I need a few people to help me with something real quick or even one will do, but I have some gifts I want to give you if you can answer these questions real quick, real uh, correctly. Thank you, Pastor. That's okay. I bought them at the dollar-only store, so we'll be in good shape. Okay, go ahead and show that first slide if you would. Told you I wasn't going to talk about myself, and the first thing I do is I show my driver's license with my picture on it. Well, there you go. I'm a boy from Kentucky. Here you can see something very interesting. My Thai driver's license, and up at the top there, it's circled. What does that say? 2553. That is the year my driver's license expires. <laughs> Someone has great faith. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm going to live forever in Jesus' name. What does that mean? Who's got an idea? Quickly now, how can that be? Speak loud. What calendar? Almost. Keep going. Somebody say Thai calendar. Somebody say Buddhist calendar. 2553, the year of Buddha. Our cultures we work in even have different calendars because, who gets that? Who gets that? Give that to somebody. That should be the Chinese hat. <laughs> Chinese hat. Okay, you can claim it later. I guess it's not going to work as well as I hope. 2553, the year of Buddha. What year is it here in America? Why? Because our calendar was reset at zero because the most important person who ever existed did so. Had people, had men choose that. Not so in every culture in the world today. Asia, the other side of the world. You know, it is quicker to fly to Asia from North Carolina by going over Europe, but it's too expensive. So if you come and see me, you'll have to fly over the Pacific. You will travel more than halfway around the world to get to Asia from here, more than halfway around the world. Okay, next slide. This scripture was quoted earlier, so I just want to look at a brief portion of it, and it's from the message. I like the way the message shares it. Listen to that bold part there in the middle. God, this is Jesus speaking, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. That's a novel concept. Go out and train everyone you meet in Belize, in Guatemala, in the hills, in the mountains of Kentucky. Everyone you meet, far and near, I come from the far. In this way of life, what way? What we have been given, we give to others. Amen? Okay, next slide. Anybody know what this is? Money, what kind of money? Chinese money getting close. Time money, okay, it's fake money, it's monopoly money, but they do something with it. Next slide. Show the next slide. It is hell money. And it is used by Buddhists, and all the nations we work in are Buddhist nations. Thailand has less than 1% Christian. 
but the population is almost 70 million people. And that's one of the least population, populated countries we work in. Offered as a sacrifice and a provision for deceased, deceased ancestors in the afterlife. Okay, we'll give away those hats some way, Pastor, okay? It's just not going to work out like I planned. Next slide. Do you know where this is? There's two answers, a country or the location. Say it. Uh, yeah, but what country or where? Over a million people were killed in the 1970s in this country by the communists, by a man named Paul Pot. Cambodia, that guy gets a Cambodian hat. Next slide, we'll see what it is. It's the killing fields of Cambodia where a million people were killed. Okay, next slide. <laughs> last, last, got to go quickly, got to go quickly. Okay, last slide. This is the Chinese language. You know, the Chinese language is one of the most ancient languages in the world. It's been a communist country since 1949. Three of the countries we work in, China, Laos, and Vietnam, are communist countries. This is the Chinese character for sheep. It's pronounced yang. This is the Chinese character for me. It's pronounced wo. If you take these two characters and you combine them to one character where the lamb or the sheep is over me or I am under the lamb and somebody clicked it too quickly, so now we see the answer. It means righteousness. In the Chinese language, even today, when I am under the lamb, I am covered by the lamb, I am righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, next slide. Now we're going to go through and, uh, and experience some kairos time. Oh, I don't have time to do this any justice. Kairos means an opportune moment. Chronos means time as we know it, chronology. And I believe this morning is a kairos time where God wants to do something in our hearts and our lives. And this one statement I want to read to you is this. It says at the bottom here, it's a supreme moment that originates from God and is outside of me, but seeks to draw me into it. Amen? Who wants to live in Kairos moments, Kairos times? And I want to finish this slide with this number right here. Do you know what that number represents? That number represents the days you will live if you live to be 80 years old. 29,200 is the time that's given to us to accomplish what God wants us to do. The days are short, brothers and sisters. Next slide. The Indochina region comprises of several countries. I'll tell you the names of them at the end. But in the northern portion of Thailand, the Lord 10 years ago gave us a vision to start what is called the Indochina Mission Training Center up on the Burma-Laotian-Thai border. 50 miles north is China, 90 miles east is Vietnam. It is a very strategic location, a very strategic center. Again, I'll share more later at another time. Next slide. Here is phase one and phase two buildings that we have there. Teams from America have come to help us with this. Next slide. This is phase three. This is a resident hall and a cafeteria. That's our next goal for that center there in that very strategic place. Next slide. God is changing things through prayer, amen? 
Several times on the left there, I went to this temple compound in the city of Messiah, which is nine miles from the center I just showed you. I went by myself. I went with other missionaries. I went with short-term mission teams. Went up there and we prayed, not against these things, but for the people. Amen? There was an earthquake there a couple years ago. And when I went back to the temple one day to pray, I found that it had been destroyed, broken up by the earthquake. And this is the picture I took after the earthquake on your right. The picture doesn't justify it very well, but behind that idol is a gigantic X from top right to bottom left, top left to bottom right, as if God said, eh! And I took that as a sign from the Lord saying, you're on the right path. Continue doing what you're doing. I'm with you. I'm going before you. Amen? Next slide. But, brothers and sisters, too many are still on the outside looking in. Too many. Next slide. Prayer, provision, partnership, and participation. Actively involved in what God is doing. You as a church, thank you, Pastor Farrell, for what you were doing. There's much more we can do. Amen? Much more to be done. So thank you for what you're doing. Where do we belong? Where do you belong? I believe it is not by accident that I'm here this morning. A Kairos moment for the people of Indochina. Next slide. You know, in English, there is, in grammar, there is what we call person. And person means perspective or point of view. There's first person, I or we. Second person, you. Third person, they or them. It's already been said, you almost preached my message, Brother Lonnie. It's about him and it's about them. But it's also about us in how we can serve the Lord and be conduits for his love, his mercy, his grace. In his last 720 seconds, I've shared with you briefly what is going on in Indochina. I'm excited about how we're joining efforts to do more and more. Pastor Farrell, would you come up? I think I'm going to give you the microphone. As he's come out, I want to present you the bridge with something very dear to my heart. This is a flag from the seven countries. It represents the seven countries where we work. Oh, wow. One from each country. I'm sorry, I took a bread wrapper and bound them together. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Burma, Philippines, this is Cambodia, China, Thailand, Laos, and uh, Vietnam. Seven countries. Now listen to this as I, as I finish up. More than one out of every four people in the world live in one of those seven countries. One out of four people in the world are either Chinese, Thai, Burmese, Laotian, Cambodian, Vietnamese, or Filipino. One out of four. It's very easy for us to look around in our own world and think we are pretty much all there is and we are the majority. Let me say, we are not the majority. God has an unreached mission field that he desires to reach and people that have never heard that he desires to hear. Thank you for being a part of scratching the surface. Now let's go forward and break it wide open. Ready yourselves. The song said it this morning. Ready yourselves. God is doing a new thing and a great thing. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Hardy. Thank you, sir.
What a great honor. What a great honor for the bridge to have these. Ama- these are the superheroes. I'm not kidding you. These are the people who go in places that most of us only imagine going. 